0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Uh, whatever it is you're listening. It's been a little while. It's been a little while, but welcome to Naughty by Nurture, a podcast made by marketers for marketers, but first and foremost for genuine people. And I might have to change that because after season one, the uh, people I spoke to, I don't know if they are indeed uh, genuine people. They were strange people, weird people um but there you go um i'm gavin lojani i'm head of strategy and insight at dot digital and i'm always saying to clients prospects whoever will listen basically um you've heard it before you know there's someone else sitting on the other side of the uh, the laptop screen or phone screen whatever channel you're choosing to to send your messages out on and you've got to know them better because after all if you don't know your customers you can't give them what they want so, with that in mind, um, we are continuing with the podcast into season two. Some more interesting and weird people to to speak to, uh, and hopefully, some people that will give you some tips and tricks and ideas of bits and pieces that uh, that you could be using in your own marketing. I have spoken for way too long already, um, so <laughs> I think it's time to pass over to my guest, my first guest for season two. So no pressure at all. Faye Oakenfall.
1: I feel very honoured to be the first guest of season two, but also... You should do. That is a lot of pressure. Second album. <laughs> is it going to be a flop? <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: think so. I think, you know, it was, a, it was a strong first album, if I don't say so myself. And I felt like I had so much more in the tank and I was just ready and rearing to go for season two. And there should be no pressure on you at all because, well, actually, yeah, there's, there's pressure on you. It has to be, has to be good. you got to get go good.
1: Yeah. I mean, I always say the podcast is only as good as the questions asked, right?
0: Right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. so no pressure on me then. Thank you. I see I see what you' have done there. You just flipped it back onto me. Um, Faye, why don't you uh, you tell the the listeners um, who you are and, um, and and what you do, I guess?
1: I will do that. So I'm Faye Oakenfull. I'm the growth manager at WeMate websites, so I look after our marketing partnerships um, and WeMet websites if you don't know. Um, well. You should know by the name, but <laughs> not only do we make websites, we make Shopify websites. Um, we focus on the international market, so brands that are looking to grow internationally on Shopify, um, and we're based out of London, New York, and most recently, Miami.
0: Ooh, that is very fancy, Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. very very fancy indeed. Um in fact, I'm just thinking about that now. I'm just a bit jealous as I look out my window. Actually, it's not too bad today. I mean, it's not bad. Miami, though, is but it? It's not. It's not Miami. No. The trees out there—they're just not palm trees. <laughs> Which, um, yeah. Anyway, let's keep let's keep moving. Um, so, uh, so as always, I, I like my guests to bring their own guests. So, um, who have you brought along, Faye?
1: So I've got Alex, who is the one of the co-founders of We Met Websites, and who is actually based in Miami. So,
2: hello, hello everyone! Glad <laughs> to be along for the uh, difficult second album. <laughs> Hopefully, we can get off to a bang. <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, hello from Miami. It is yep. It is sunny. There are palm trees. There are. There's also lots of terrifying species of lizard and. Uh, and even the trees themselves are quite terrifying, actually. So um, it does live, live up to the hype, but you know, the grass is always greener.
0: The grass is always greener, but I, I, I imagine the grass would be a lot, a lot greener in Miami. Yeah,
2: like the grass kind of is literally greener.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah that's yeah. I've got to stop doing this to myself. I think what I've got to do is actually the the podcast has got to get so big that I am the person speaking to you from miami that's what that's what i need to aim for um yeah. or maybe yeah. we can do some sort of house swap would you be up for that
2: yeah where, where do you live
0: uh i'm in southeast london Uh-oh.
2: yeah no seriously no, i love southeast got a lot of friends down there yeah for
0: that, no, no offense you know. to anyone else who lives in southeast london right? <laughs> no, no 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 i I'm alex, big fan. alex isn't a fan.
2: but i have friends for, from uh, uh, uh new cross to Erith.
0: Okay yeah. fair enough I'm, i mean I'm not I'm not I, I, we can't start talking about different areas but I'm not the biggest fan of Newcross
1: um
2: nice. well getting into the controversy yeah, I know, already
0: I know I know I've lost uh, a listener is that? from Newcross
2: Goldsmith that's some sort of goldsmith
0: <laughs> No it has got nothing to do with the uni no it's just the 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 area then- itself um <laughs> <laughs> let's let's keep it going before I um I offend any more. People. Yeah, what what
2: is this podcast about?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not about different areas of London. It's not about different areas of London. It's about getting to know people better. Um, and one way of us doing that is by asking both of you two to give us some sort of interesting or embarrassing story about yourselves. Um, so that the listeners can get to know you better, and then you know we we all we all feel bonded. Right,
1: right. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> I mean, don't 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 uh, feel really enthused or excited about this. Yeah, like, um, after you, Faye.
1: <laughs> I mean, I get this. It was a lot of pressure to think of something interesting, and I asked my mum what what she thought. Um, <laughs> um yeah her version of interesting is probably not what everyone else's version of interesting is but I did did settle on um so when I was uh when I was a teenager I developed an allergy to all fruit which sounds like the perfect excuse for a teenager not to eat fruit but yeah it was it was it was a bit of a strange um I don't know maybe like four or five years because I did grow out of it again eventually but to the point of like having to carry an EpiPen and um, it was very strange called oral allergy syndrome. And it's where your body thinks that you're eating pollen. It thinks like the fruit molecules, I don't know, cells, um, a pollen. And so your throat just goes, nope. And starts closing closes up. Yeah.
0: I mean, as you were telling that, I was thinking, well, she's completely making that up. <laughs> I, thought, I, th- I thought this is this is completely fabricated. You are making this up. There's no way. But okay, it's actually a thing. Yeah. Interesting.
2: Uh, that, that one's quite upsetting. you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> was it meant to be like uplifting, and interesting? It,
0: no, no, it wasn't. It's was supposed to be interesting. But but the thing is, now I know you a bit better. You, but you can eat fruit now, right?
1: Yeah, and I eat loads of it now as well because you know I know what it's like to not be able to eat fruit. I think I would have preferred. A vegetable allergy at that point.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I. I it, that's that's a strange one, but it's a new one. It's a new. It's a new one on us. I. Uh, I, I. I'm going to look it up actually. But the fact that you said that you had to carry an EpiPen, I was. I thought, okay. It's she's not making this up. This is this is real.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: This is the real deal.
1: It was the real deal, and you know, I'd just test the water every few months and eat. Eat some and not. I never actually had to use the EpiPen. Thankfully, I did. Did end up in hospital once, um, but you know, you're never going to know if you've grown out of it unless you test it, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certain things that you should probably just avoid, but but um, yeah, definitely test it out.
1: Yeah, A B test it out.
0: Ah, oh, there we go. There we go. I like that. I like that. Pretty bad. Don't A
2: B test your own health. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i guess i guess there's certain things you can test out like you know like i really want to after watching the olympics i really want to get into skateboarding i think that you know it just looks so cool but i do think at my age i'm probably a b testing with my life if i <laughs> jump on a skateboard <laughs> so i might i might give it a miss um well, actually, a longboard. Longboards are pretty cool. I might try that first because... I've
2: started longboard. I mean, when you move to Miami, you've, you've got to... That's the only way to get around, except Lamborghini. So, um, a longboard to the beach. And I'm older than you, I think. And I, I, it's, you know, the thing on a longboard is you're not going very fast. you just like... It's kind of a very meandering type of sport. Not really a sport at all. It's just quite a lazy
0: way of getting around,
2: actually.
0: I like it. I think I could get into it. I think Wait, i can get into it and i think i can get away with it yeah, yeah. i might try it
1: i think yeah. so i mean southeast yeah. London's quite hilly so it is yeah hilly. you need
0: somewhere flat where you don't need to go fast yeah it is so hilly and i've got a bike and it re- it kills me every time i take the bike out of that straight away i've got a hill and it just might yeah i've only got a little piddly little legs as well nice. so <laughs> <laughs> that's me. That's, that's me sharing stuff with you guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> Alex, was that your interesting fact that you you were uh, yeah. board everywhere?
2: Okay, that could be my new. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting a lot of new hobbies and um, moving to a, 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 a tropical climate.
0: <laughs> One thing I've got to say, and I mean, we'll, we're going to get into some, <laughs> some questions and a proper topic in a bit, but I was talking to Faye um about you and um she mentioned that you (laughs) that you 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 have a phobia of big leaves
2: yeah that's true yeah so i in fact i'm right next to uh we've got an indoor bird of paradise it's about five feet tall and it is horrifying how big the leaves are it's some childhood phobia i've been trying to think about it a lot some sort of childhood phobia i think of like the leaves somehow enveloping you and, and, and you being kind of trapped. And I, I don't like that plants... I don't like plants basically. I don't like that they, they they move behind your back. You know, they're always getting bigger. This one just had a new leaf come out, which is just really freaky. It kind of spirals up and then opens up when you're not looking. Outside, we've got on, uh, I think it's about 10 feet tall the bird outside and it, the leaves are like they're the size of a TV almost. And it's... Uh, it's too much.
0: It, it's putting me off living here. to be honest. <laughs> is, it, is it because, as a kid, you watched Little Shop of Horrors? Is that, is I think, that Yeah,
2: I think it must be something like that. that has got goosebumps yeah. or something that's just like, yeah, had some effect on me. That I probably spent too long on a computer in my life as well. I mean, computers are an environment you can control and doesn't do, you know. But a, a, a plant is this mysterious thing that... Have you seen that film, uh, Annihilation? That's what it's called, yeah, where it's. Um, uh, you know, she goes into the the, the world and there's all this freaky nature. Yeah. That's what the world seems like to me, normally. <laughs> I mean,
0: brilliant.
2: Brilliant. Yeah, that, it's, uh, if anyone's watching, Natalie Portman goes into this weird universe uh, that is just incredibly freaky, and yeah, that's how I feel. So that's, yeah, that's my weird. Weird type, one, one part anyway. Good. <laughs> Good. I mean, to, to to
0: be fair to you, to be fair to you, I told Faye this as well. I have, and I can say it. You know, I can say it with my chest. I have a phobia of raisins, and
1: oh, really?
0: I I, 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 yeah, I cannot cannot deal with them. So much, so much so. My other half has to put um, raisins. She puts them in a in a in a black jar, so I can't see them what is it the surface oh i, I don't even want to get into it okay.
2: <laughs> sorry to
0: trigger you yeah i really don't so I know i'm laughing at you with you know the big leaves thing but
2: we've all got our quirks i guess that's the point of a question so that's a good question
0: indeed we all have our quirks um okay i think everyone's probably weirded out now or you know is
2: anyone um, still listening <laughs>
0: exactly <laughs> <laughs> Faye zoned out herself so um I don't know if we've got any there's, there's no uh there's no um chance that we've got any other listeners now but we'll, we'll keep going we'll keep going because we've actually got the the meat of this uh this show to get through so um uh Faye our topic today what's uh what's our topic do you even remember
1: <laughs> um Leaves and raisins, I think.
0: <laughs> Leaves and raisins, yes.
1: Um. So, well, naturally, being you know a Shopify agency, I thought it'd be great for us to chat about Shopify.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it was again. I mean, you know, this is this is the thing you're saying. You know, it's uh, pressure on you um, being the first episode of the second second season, but we didn't cover this in the first season, so. You know, this is easy. You just you go, you're going over uncharted territory, so it's it's nice and nice and simple. And you guys know this stuff, so you no, know, away we go. It's easy, right? Yeah. Um, oh, so. so, yeah, I hope so. Otherwise, this is going to be a terrible <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, to, to to get us started off, I thought I'd um I'd ask a question that I've I've been asked before, actually. And, um, you know why not get it from the an answer from the experts? And the question was, is Shopify just for um, startup brands?
1: Um, so I'd say the short answer is no. Um, I think there is definitely a misconception because Shopify have made e-commerce accessible for all right um you know you 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 don't i mean obviously you do need an agency otherwise we wouldn't be here but you know as a a very small startup brand you can you know create an e-commerce website and start selling you know within hours almost um and so i think you hear a lot about that because that is obviously what they're famous for and you hear of successes that you know are kind of overnight gymshark kylie cosmetics huge like you know they've never used any other platform they started on Shopify and they've become become massive but actually you know we see a, the other side of it and a lot of our, our um, clients are sort of older brands so Alessi it's 100 years old um, Hasbro um, had their first proper sort of D2C offering on Shopify um, jigsaw is a huge high street retailer so you know that they're, they're looking at shopify for a different a reason and a, a different time during their e-commerce journey but um, you're able to scale on shopify and yeah so it's not just for startups it's 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 for all
0: i mean i think that's the, the thing as well scalability for, for for anyone getting into anything and trying to build up their their sort of their ecosystem their sort of a tech stack that's ultimately what you're looking for. You're looking for scalability, right? I personally, I'd be looking for something that I can get going with um, today and have that for a while, and not have to move about again. Because I, I think the one of the most difficult things is is sort of shifting and moving to something new. Um, I'm not saying that you should just stick with something because you know you're lazy. but Mm. but you know you you want to look for something that is is scalable and grows with you because that's the name of the game right you want to be able to grow so so that's um yeah I when you said some of those those brands though like you know Gymshark and Kylie Cosmetics um Kylie Cosmetics wasn't that was that was that not huge anyway or am I Am I completely wrong there?
1: I mean, she was always going to be huge because of yeah, we launched it, but she launched launched first on Shopify. That's who she she kind of chose to launch with. So I think you've got brands like that who are just going to be an overnight success, and like, I can handle that. Yeah, um, and then you've got brands like Gymshark that were grown out of someone's bedroom, and and they've just they've scaled, um, but then also brands who have crazy complicated. Real like legacy backend systems that um, you know move across to Shopify, so that you know, well, they can spend a lot less money but scale over time. And um,
0: yeah, yeah, I think that's 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 kind of in, important as well. That that sort of as as I said, the, the scalability is is a, is a key thing. Um, another question that I, I get, and we'll we'll move into more of the more of the questions that I'm just asking, but another question I tend to get is the difference between Shopify and Shopify plus um, and people not really knowing, you know, where the differences lie. So, you know, can we clean that up? Is, is, is there a chance we yeah. can do that?
2: I think like, like Faye said, there is a continuum of businesses that are on Shopify and that you can't be quite small and start on there, but it can also handle, you know, a billion dollar business like Kylie's and Shopify plus is really aimed at, at the the businesses that are a bit more serious, that are growing, that are, I mean, let's just for the sake of you know, giving a number, let's say we're turning over at least a million, let's say, through mm-hmm. the store, then that's when people should start looking at Plus, um, Shopify Plus, which is like the kind of, they don't like this word, but it's like the enterprise version. So the Shopify plans are like, you know, basic, advanced, um, uh, basic, normal and advanced. But then on top of that, they've got the Plus plan, which is $2,000 a month. So it's a bit of a leap up from the others but your um, transaction fees and commission fees are way lower. So once you get over a certain amount of revenue, it makes sense purely on the basis of economics. But you also get um, a lot more features on Plus that give you flexibility and power really to, to do things like customizing the checkout or um, how you do offers through your site, um, better integrations. So it, it's just a step forward for brands. Yeah. And really a no-brainer for anyone that's starting to scale um, and then, like Faye says, that that includes both kind of modern brands that are growing, you know, uh, high growth, and then uh, also bigger companies that have been around a long time that want to do D C and are, are going to expect to do it at scale. Um, and there isn't really any, you know, we talked about scalability. There's no limit to Shopify in terms of scale. And, in fact, there isn't really a platform like it that can handle 5,000 checkouts a minute, which, I mean, if, you, if you're doing that, then obviously you're doing uh spectacularly well so there's no limit there um and functionally i suppose that's the place where you end up going to plus if you just need that extra set of functionality that's going to give you uh, an advantage and help you grow your brand
0: but i was just thinking with that as well then does that mean that um you should be thinking along lines of going with shopify first you know to dip your toe in and, and get it settled or can you go straight in at the deep end um, you know, if if you believe you're going to need these extra bells and whistles, as you as you're saying,
2: I think it depends on yeah. Where you, if you're starting a business, yeah, start on. I mean, you can upgrade at any time, so there's no need to do it from the beginning. Um, so if you are starting a business or you know it's a relatively small business, then you're probably going to be okay on Shopify. But I think, I mean, certainly for any of our clients, they're all on Plus, and um, anyone for whom the business is a significant. You know the operation that is is turning over. Let like, you know, say more than a million. You'd expect them to be on plus and, and be getting the benefit there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it depends on the situation.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, with, with with that in mind, then I mean, I know we're talking about Shopify here, but. I think generally across across the board and and i mean this this comes into play with with any sort of piece of software you're, you're thinking about you've got to you've got to um ask yourself why you're choosing these things and have those kind of considerations in mind first but what are the key considerations you you need to have before choosing your your econ platform is there is there a list of things um, that you you need, or yeah? So between Shopify or just generally, I think well, a bit of both, really. I mean, I think I think generally there's going to be some some um, similarities right across the board, but th- there may be specific things uh, for Shopify Shopify Plus as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, so you're you're absolutely right that starting off by writing down your objectives of what you want the website to be able to do, and Your requirements in 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 some detail is the first step, regardless of how big you are as a business or what platform you're on. It just so happens that you know, like I say, as a rule of thumb, if you are above, you know, again, let's say million turnover, then your requirements are probably going to be such that you should be using Shopify Plus. Mm. Um, So I think it is a case of thinking like, what what do you want to do? Are you a subscriptions business? Are you a business that is going to be using lots of bundling? Um, how important is content to you? Um, how how merged into that is the, the commerce? Um, how big is your product catalog and all this type of thing? And that is going to help you international. Like what what markets do you want to sell into, and what capabilities do you need there? What payment methods and so on? Yeah. Now the reality is, this is why Shopify is a success story. That it is Shopify has made all that easier. So the default really should be try you Shopify. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, I own a Shopify agency. I mean, the reason we have an agency that specializes for Shopify is because we believe that, that you must have a really good reason to not want to go this route. And those reasons do exist, but they are pretty niche, I would say, as far as most businesses are concerned.
0: Yeah. Oh, I always think to myself that, um, if you haven't sort of planned these little bits and pieces out, you you really need to bring someone in. So again, I guess agency like, like you guys can help out, but would there be, would there be other considerations if you're, and it always comes into play as well, whether you're sort of B2B e-commerce versus just pure play e-commerce versus maybe D2C or something. Is there other considerations in, in that world or is it, or is it not necessarily the, the case there?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. So I, I think if you're a business that is, let's say, traditional and you've got, you know, several different channels that you sell through and, and direct to consumer is like a, a new thing, then Shopify is a good vehicle to experiment with um, and also provides lots of integration to back-end, you know, systems. So like some of our bigger clients are using NetSuite or SAP, Channel Advisor, whoever on the back-end to, to, to handle things. So Shopify is great at connecting back into those. And... I, I think again, yeah, it comes down to like what, what yeah, what, what are the objectives and what are the parameters that you're operating within? And like I say, the conclusion is normally going to be Shopify. Like there are times when it doesn't make sense, I guess, but there's not many of those. And hmm. the reality is, it's like Amazon or Shopify is where the market is going. And you either sell a product that is based on being low cost and fast and, 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 the sort of thing we all buy on Amazon—that you just don't really care who makes it, you just want it to arrive tomorrow and cheap—and <laughs> then you've got Shopify purchases, which are the brands that we all care about. You know, whether that's fashion or toys or electronics or you know all these things that people actually spend a bit of time kind of researching and, and trying to figure out uh, what they want to buy—and those are the brands that are going on Shopify, where they want to own the first-party data. So that's quite a big. And I guess for you guys as well, that's quite a big thing, right?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a big thing.
2: Yeah. So you've got your first part of day. Of course, that's true of other e-commerce platforms. But since Shopify is, like I'm saying, the general in a generally in a general way, the best one out there, then Shopify, and then also customer experience. So with Shopify, you own that in the sense that you can do whatever you want with it. You can use whatever tools with it. So you really get to perfect what is that customer experience, and it, it avoids you reinventing the wheel. I suppose that's a good way of summarizing it. That. Even for us as an agency, we're not going and creating a checkout and thinking about PCI compliance and scaling servers and all this kind of stuff that it's been commoditized now for about a decade. You shouldn't be worrying about stuff like that. You should be focusing on the bit that's difficult, which is UX and customer experience.
0: Well, that's a good point because I was, I was actually thinking when you said customer experience, I mean, for, for me, that that should be central to everything you're doing. Yeah. If the, 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 the customer experience isn't sort of paramount for you, then you're probably in the wrong business. But I mean... Are there certain things like Faye when you're when you're on a website to put you on the spot, is there something that you know you, you kind of think, oh actually that would be can you actually here's here's a better question. Can you look at a website now without analysing it? Or or can you just get on and, and use it? Because I know when I receive an email, I have to analyse it. I strip it right down to the bones. Um, but that's that's me being a bit of a loser.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And I think even just some of the most simplest things that can be implemented on people's sites that aren't, and, and quite often it's, it's huge brands and, and you're like, why is your search not picking up my spelling mistake? Or why can't I live chat someone or? I want to sign up to your mailing. List. You know, like just real basics that actually some of the the biggest brands out there get wrong, and some of these really small brands they are just like they're nailing everything that you know we would recommend.
0: It's because they think about these things, right? Or it's because they they're going through the experience themselves. Maybe a larger brand is just that you know you know our, our name's going to take us through, so we don't have to think about these these bits and pieces. But you you, you do.
1: Yeah. They're kind of cruising through it, I think. Like, yeah, as you say, their name's taking them through it. Whereas like smaller brands are, you know, having, um, an increase in 0.5% of their conversion is like a big deal to them. So they're going to do everything that, you know, they possibly can. So yeah, it's quite interesting.
0: Yeah. It's a big deal for everyone, but I mean, that, that goes through to a a sort of another question, really, what is, what is more important for you? Is it going to be sort of form or function overall? on the on the site i think
2: any website needs to start with function which is what what do people actually need to do on the site so you know Uh e-commerce site obviously it's basically buy something um and if you're a growing business what a really good sign is is you're selling well but you have a crap website right so you you know that something's right you know products good There's some sort of resonance, whether it's brand or buzz or the product or something. And then you can go and optimize the site and, of course, squeeze many more percentage conversion out of it. And that's form, right? Like that is taking the fundamentals of the site, what should be possible, and then stylizing it. And um, I think a lot of, especially newer businesses, make the mistake of thinking like, and I guess this is the essence of the question about, you know, how it looks and getting inspired by the sites, which is important, but it's not as important as getting the basics right. So, you know, someone needs to be able to buy, and if not buy, sign up. You know, we want people to be sticky. So capturing the email address is you know, the, the the name of the game there, and social media following it, it, it is kind of third priority after that, and getting it so that they're going to come back. Because let's say your conversion rate is 3 or 4% that's still 96% of people that are going on the site and then leaving but if you can get 10% of them to sign up for something then they become sticky especially if you're selling something that isn't the sort of purchase that people make very often or is quite expensive then you need to over time nurture them and that you know that's where something like uh, uh, dot digital comes in where you're you're building that rapport i suppose or relationship with the consumer who then one day thinks oh i need that thing or even better a friend says do you know someone that does this and they say oh yeah i've been getting emails from these guys so all that i would describe as function and is the the foundation of the site but then on top of that you need a bit of flair and of course most of these DC brands there is an element of inspiration or some sort of you know deep meaning with the brand and that's i suppose form at some level so that would be my answer there i think
1: i think also The average person will not be like, oh my God, that site is gorgeous, but they will be like, it was so hard to use or I couldn't, you know, I'm thinking like, like my parents and maybe they're not everyone's target, you know, audience, but they are someone's target audience. And, you know, I'm not going to get a phone call from them saying like, oh, this site was just beautiful. You know, I I loved how it looked, but they are going to be like, can you help me make an order? And so I think that's, that's the crux of it really is like that really impacts people. Whereas form, you know, I mean, yeah, not, not necessarily. So.
0: Yeah. I, you know what, it's funny you said that your, your parents probably aren't the the target audience, but they are someone's target audience. And I think actually you should be looking for that. You know the people that, that might struggle overall to use your site. You should make it super simple for them. And um, in in the last season, I had um, Philip Story on from Enchant Agency, and um, his his guest was his mum, and it was brilliant just to get just to get her her insight on bits and pieces. I think that's where that's where you need to be. Um, you need to be thinking of, of things in that way. And for me, this is a, a good question because I, when it comes down to email. You know, all we're trying to do really is we're not trying to keep people on a page of email. You know, you're not going to get the conversions um, there. You're trying to drive people through to the to the website. God, I've lost track of how many times I've said that before, but you're driving people through to the website. But then we can only do part of that, right? If, we, if we've if we done our job, which is driven people to the website, it's the website that needs to convert. So the, the UX needs to be spot on, right?
1: yeah
2: yeah and it, and, it, and if you're wondering what the best addition is there that someone can do i think it's thinking about helping people find it and search actually as the fair mentioned, is is a really good point there that having a good set of filters facets that can ensure that people can drill down to what they want quickly and you know stops people being frustrated by having to do loads of different searches i mean they can't filter right and and whatever else it, everything it's i mentioned stickiness that's one pillar of conversion but also um, having a frictionless process where people can just find what they want. I mean, ideally, you've, you're using some sort of personalization tool to show what people want on the front page and getting it right. You know, especially if it's a repeat customer, but surfacing what they want, even for discovery, or if it's a specific search. And if you tra- try like a random search bars on e-commerce sites, you know most of them are, are crap. And it, it's still it, it, it's it, it, an easy thing you could do is go in your analytics and look at what is it that people are searching for and can't find it and just go in and fix that, whether it's merchandising or whatever. Um, and again, it's just sort of thing. I mean, you mentioned like, you know, showing the site to your parents. I mean, there's something to that. And Nielsen did a famous study where I said, if you show a, a, a software generally to five people and watch them using it and get them to talk out loud, using it, you learn 90% of the UX improvements.
0: hundred percent. That's so true. Um, I, I was I was thinking then if um, over the years you probably learned a, a couple of bits and pieces about shopify and I was thinking what is what is that one thing you've learned that you wish you knew years ago like if you hadn't known that before what is the one thing you'd known you would have you would have you would you would have used all the time by now um, that's
2: a very big question one thing. <laughs>
0: Um, I mean, for, for me with, with with, with, email, it is, it's always a case of just make sure you're, you're collecting the right data. I think that that's the center of everything. So, you know, I think, I think there's certain brands that don't collect the right data and then they, they, they moan and they worry about the fact that they can't automate in the way they want to, but it's primarily down to the fact that you haven't collected the right data in the first place.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I I suppose, you know, these these two uh, elements of a DTC brand that I mentioned, so customer experience and data. Yeah, I think that's a nice way of putting it. Yours would be data, and I agree. And then maybe mine would be then to do with the brand experience. So that is thinking about different touch points. And, you know, asking five people is one way of doing it. Yeah. But otherwise, thinking about what does it feel like to be... A customer of my site and that comes down to getting feedback however you can and if you're small enough that might be literally contacting your customers and asking them for improvements if you're bigger you know maybe it's automating that through some sort of nps survey or something but yeah that constant recalibration so that people are pleasantly surprised by oh customer service is another thing. so every touch point making exceptional and that is a, that is a way of getting advocacy that is something that you, you're in control of. So I would say yeah, controlling the kind of customer experience and gathering the data are two, two uh, good answers to
0: that. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a loser. I always talk about the data. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's 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 the uh, – this is probably one I can throw at you, Faye. What's the uh, one piece of advice you can give to uh, a brand considering Shopify?
1: Um, pick the right agency? <laughs> 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 uh, no. I mean already Simple. i think the the thing is um shop as Alex said like shopify is great it's great if you are a small brand and you're you're doing it by yourself but the the thing that will make the big difference and I'm sure shopify will agree with this as well is choosing an agency that can take you where you need to go, and there is a the right agency for everyone i think um it that relationship is the make or break of of that website. Like you work so closely with an agency, they're part of your team. They should be, you know, the one that's pushing you forward and helping you drive that, um, you know, ecom strategy. They should be able to challenge you and say, you know, you're not Gucci, so actually, you do need a bit of function on your site. You're, you're going to be successful if you choose Shopify, but I think having that agency it's super important and there's some absolutely brilliant agencies in in the shopify industry
0: i think that's key and a little thing you touched on just there was was almost having um these guys be an extension of your own team Mm -hmm. i think it's so important and it's 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 a beautiful thing really when you don't just see your suppliers as suppliers but they're actually part of your team yeah because then you you really do see the the um sort of the winning strategy you see the you see the results um, because they're, they're not just um, these guys that we employ. Actually, they are part of us and we share with them exactly what we're aiming for. So we're all goal aligned. And I think that's um, it's a lovely thing when it happens, you know, when you've got a, a client that completely trusts you as well. And I guess the trust comes from you choosing the right agency because they, they get you. So um, although I laughed at you with that, I think it's a good it's a good point overall.
1: Yeah, I think you know, just similar to getting to you know, getting to know who the marketers are. You, you know, agencies are people, surprisingly, um, but you've got to be able to get on with them, right? Like you, ha- if you if you're speaking to someone at an agency every single day of your working life, like you should be, you should be able to get on with them and trust them, and um, you know, and so for us, a big part of you know what we do is building that like relationship and. You know the ecom team's been able to trust in what we do and what we believe in. So, yeah,
0: what one thing um, I can't get my head round, um, and you know something that uh, a, a, a brand or a client will trust you for is giving them advice on bits and pieces. And I cannot, for the life of me, really understand what headless is. Um, <laughs> and hey, you're not the only one. <laughs> I think I would be amiss if I didn't have you guys here. I don't know if I need to direct it to you, Faye, or if you're going to run away from this technical one. But um... uh,
1: yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> going to duck away from that one and leave it to a... Uh...
0: Step away. <laughs> what What is it? What the hell is it? Okay. I mean, that, that, that you're asking the right question.
2: And as someone with background in computer science, I have to agree that it is quite hard to get your head around. What it basically means is... The front end of the website is built in a different technology to the backend. That's basically it.
0: And well, that was simple. The reason,
2: yeah, and, the, <laughs> and, the, and the, the reason that's good or can be good is because that means you can specialize with different systems. So your front end can be focused on amazing front end, front end experience. And your back end, so that would be Shopify or an equivalent e-commerce platform, is specialised in things like content management or catalog management, or in Shopify's case, providing the checkout. Um, so you can get the best of both worlds—is the idea—and that's become pop. But that, that's become a way uh, because of the, the the fact that APIs are the way that all these systems connect together. This is a kind of next generation, I suppose, of e-commerce. The advantage being ostensibly that you can. Therefore, a front-end that is, let's say, way faster than if you build it on um, a monolithic system. So monolithic means um, one system does the whole thing. So think like Shopify, Squarespace, WordPress, Magento. Right. These That's when you've got one system that does everything front and back. So, so today, you could build a faster site if you build the front-end separately to the back-end, um, which is why a lot of people are doing this. I don't know if that will remain a benefit because it's likely that all the monolithic players will figure out how to speed up their platforms. But having said that, it, you know, headless does afford a certain level of flexibility when it comes to content, building your experience and really going the extra mile. The analogy I use a lot is it's like building your own house, you know, rather than moving into a house and most people can't afford it. Don't have the skills to, 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 to architect it and don't need it basically. Um, but the barrier to, to uh, which you can go headless is coming down. And I'll come back to that actually in a second. But overall, the idea is, yeah, you, you've built your own, you know, your perfect property. And that some brands need that. And I think there is a size of brand where you really, really want to pull down on uh, front an end experience and you need to build your own in, in a modern framework like React or, or Vue to do that. But it means everything's way harder, so we take mm-hmm. for granted a little bit. How much? How many problems a monolithic system solves? So it, it, it means you have to, have to think about so much. Installing apps is a big thing. So with Shopify, you know, you install an app, it's in, it kind of works. With Headless, you are building a, a API integration into the app. So let's say you know you're using Yoppo or uh, uh, Nosto or something like that. You are literally building something. To connect. So, therefore, these projects end up being very expensive. So, again, it's like you're engineering something very customized. Now, there are a few players in this market that are making it easy. So, uh, Shogun Frontend, um, Nacella 2, where they, in effect, are the, the head. So, it's called headless because there's no head on the back end system. There was no, sure, sure, sure. There was no view of it. Um, so, these products connect back into, let's say, Shopify in this case and make it easier to build a next-generation site uh, Than building it from scratch. Now, that f- field is developing. So when you say, what well, is headless, that's why it's so hard to answer because headless is a very broad category that includes front-end service and uh, middleware and all sorts of other like, technical terms that are still coalescing. So it, it's it, it's it's very amorphous and changing quickly, but basically it's a way of building a high-end website, let's just say that.
0: But I, I think, again, coming back down to what Faye was saying about choosing the agency that's right for you, that's something that you guys can can um, suggest and you can um, advise on.
2: Yeah, we do a lot of it. And, and we will do exactly what we talked about at the start, where you give us what you need and we will say, yes, you need to do headless if you want to do it today
0: or, or not. I kind of knew what I was talking about before. I I know enough to be a little bit dangerous, but I mean that, <laughs> that um, mostly dangerous to myself. Um but um but that yeah that sort of breaks it down a little bit more i can probably get Faye back in here for this one because uh, i have a question in around well how do we we kind of touched on it before but how does sort of email chat uh, and you know different channels really cross-channel marketing how does that sort of fit into to the equation with you guys as well and and uh, and shopify sites
1: I assume you're asking me this one because I used to work at Dot Digital, so you know. You I have used to work at Dot Digital. A passion for email.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I mean, it's just so important that that all works together. When I worked in email, and you know, we had like the best automation, and like the emails looked amazing, and we bought SMS in, and then the site was terrible, like one you've got one leg. Um and it and it's and it works the other way around. And those things just have to work together. And I think like the journey has to be similar across, you know, there's no good using completely different branding on your email. Like it has to be like coherent and it and it has to you have to speak in the same way as you do on your site, across your social and and you know, it's it's what people should be expecting. And I think You know, you wouldn't go into a physical store and you can buy something, but you're not allowed to ask a question. And, um, you know, they don't tell you when they're open or when they're doing a sale or like that just wouldn't be a thing. So why should it be a thing online? If anything, you need to be telling them more because they can't see your your physical product. And you need to be doing all of that to alleviate any of those concerns that you maybe wouldn't have if you were in store looking at something so yeah it's always crazy to me when people aren't utilizing all of those tools alongside you know paying potentially a lot of money for a website it just it it doesn't make any sense but yeah um
0: it's not going the whole way is it it's you're just you're giving up you're giving up part way and why sell yourself short especially if you want if you want what you're doing to be a success you need to you know go the go the whole hog
1: yeah and I think like you said it, like the data is so important. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that e-com e- site is your vessel for collecting all that data for the future. So, yeah, it's, it's super important to have the, all of that aligned across and make sure all your systems are, are connected up and they're all speaking to each other.
0: Yeah, it's essential. It's essential. Yeah. But, I mean, with with that in mind, using those those sorts of tools, I, I, you know, I talked about chat and maybe there's... There's voice or something that um, could be could be something you you consider, but I think this is kind of taking us through to the next step of you know what does the future hold for e ecom and, and Shopify? What do, what would you think there are trends to come? Do you think there are uh, uh, tools and extensions that that are going to make people's lives a lot easier? I know we touched on headless, obviously, but uh, are there any things that you guys can can think of that that people should at least have on their radar?
2: I think the overall, yeah, the overall improvement of customer experience, That I guess one area that does combine with data is, for a long time, I don't feel like we, well, a lot of brands haven't delivered on the promise that if they're gonna collect this stuff, are they actually gonna make it easier? So, you know, when I go on the site, I'll tell you a good example, actually, it's not e-commerce, but when you book a flight, And you have to put in your phone number every single – even if it's someone you fly with all the time, you end up putting your phone number in all the time. And there's always information where you're thinking, if we're so smart at data nowadays, then why is the most basic stuff possible? I think in e-commerce we're generally a bit further ahead. But still, I think one of the things we'll start to see more of is the promise of – I guess AI is like one extreme example of this. But that you're going to land on a site and actually get a a meaningful – frictionless experience where the thing you want is shown you can find out what you want about it and then you can frictionlessly check out um so i think that that trend will just continue and therefore anyone that isn't keeping up with that is going to be left behind
0: well said Faye.
1: <laughs> 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 um, yeah i mean I, t- I totally agree i think obviously there i mean what well, they saying, like the last year's bought e-commerce forward by like fifteen years, and I think that's you know more so in terms of like the amount of brands that have prioritized e-commerce. But um, yeah, I think I think just there's there's some really interesting things, um, a couple of things I suppose that we've done that I just think whoa, well, like what year are we living in? Um, we did like a an amazing kind of um, VR like. For, like experience for Hasbro where um they were like crowdfunding the toy and you could see it obviously it's not even built yet it's not been a thing but like they've used VR to be able to crowdfund this toy you just like what like if you'd have told me that 10 years ago you'd just be like that's not a thing so and, and, and obviously that's that's a massive brand using that but I think we'll start to see you know, smaller brands having access to that sort of technology and be able to do that all the time. And then consumers will also be expecting, you know, that sort of thing. Like I'm I'm trying to buy a chair at the moment for my living room and I'm super indecisive, can't really like decide or visualize it. And I'm like, what retailer is letting me try a chair in my living room? And I yeah. can't find one.
0: Yeah. Don't, I mean, Ikea have that sort of thing, right? The No? No.
1: I don't know. I'm going to oh. phase, phase
0: beyond Ikea now at this point. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm guessing, I'm guessing if you're choosing a chair and the chair, you're going to want something from something that isn't Ikea. She's a typical
2: millennial, you know, combining uh, Primark and uh, Dior at the same time. <laughs> so not, not everything can be Ikea. Oh,
0: I'm, I'm sorry. You mean Primarni. Right?
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Right? Yes. Yeah. That is what I meant.
0: Yeah. You meant Primarni. Um, Good. Good. and I, 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 I love when I see these sort of new bits and pieces filtering to, to sites just to make things easier. But just doing the simple things like remembering me is is one. I have countless times left websites because they just don't remember me. And that's not really looking to the future. That is just the basics, you know, using the data that you have on me to remember me. Because actually, that's something you can do better online that you you know you, you don't have in store. If you have you know if you've got a little corner store or something and people come in regularly, yeah, you can remember them. But you know, a big store on a high street, you can't remember everyone that walks in the door. But you've got the data to remember the amount of people that come into your website, so use it. I, I think it's just uh, yeah, it's silly not to use it. Um, but but there you go. What I think you should be using more. Is your ability to share music with your friends and colleagues, <laughs> which leads me right to the uh, the pinnacle of the episode. Every episode, it's the time when I ask my guests to um, to give me some, you know some musical recommendations. It doesn't have to be anything super fancy, but I, I do want you to recommend something to me that I can start playing, or well, straight away, really, or or I can judge you on that's probably why I do this. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I can judge. The real point
2: of the podcast.
0: (laughs) Well, it's in a name, right? Naughty by Nurture. So, you know, it's it's taken from a, from a, from a group anyway. Shall shall I do mine first?
1: Yes. I
2: I, I struggled quite a lot. It's hard choosing one song. And, um, I decided to go with an artist called No Name, who is, uh, uh, she's a, she's a rapper, but she's like a, a poet rapper, I suppose. very, chill uh, but very talented and she has a song called Rainforest that's how I originally found out about her I think she's from, I feel like she's from Chicago somewhere on the east coast but um, yeah, very talented so no name, forest is
1: mine
0: Excellent, I will be adding that to the playlist thank you very much
1: Alternative Um, Alex
0: Well, you know He's done it it properly, (laughs)
1: Faye (laughs) 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 oh i agonized over this one because the fear of judgment over what i choose um and two like i've just got i i know everyone says oh i've got such an eclectic music taste but i really do um and so yeah i was just going through loads of old playlists like what song what song what song and what i've landed on and it's a bit of a campaign really okay so do you know who Jamie T is? Yes. What happened to Jamie T? I, I,
0: don't, I don't know. <laughs> but maybe, maybe that should be the next album. What happened to Jamie T? Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he just disappeared off the face of the earth. There's even like a YouTube video that's like, what happened to Jamie T? The Guardian wrote an article, what happened to Jamie T? And so I think that man didn't write a bad song, so I think we should try and get him back into music. I
0: thought you were going to so, say we should get him on the podcast. I was like, I don't know if... Uh- <laughs> How's his email marketing? <laughs> yeah. Does, does he need a Shopify website?
1: Interestingly, I did go on his website to research because I do that occasionally just to see whether, you know, he's put anything up there. And his mailing list is closed for signups. ups
0: Ooh.
1: So he's doing a bit of a Weatherspoons on us, I think. Interesting.
0: Um, Interesting.
1: So I think Jamie T's song "If You've Got the Money." Okay. Classic. It's you know. Yeah, I remember
0: that.
1: It's a great song, but I would just recommend listening to his two first albums, but all of them.
0: Well, I mean that's, that's right. cheating. I can't put all of that on on the playlist, <laughs> but I, I will put "If You've Got the Money" on the playlist. I will I will take that that's the first yeah no one said Jamie team so um, so that that is a first a first for the first episode of season two it was an honor there we go do you see that full circle I'm so good at that <laughs> so I'm just smooth. myself on oh, the yes, back. Smooth. <laughs> so smooth um thank you guys thank you for, for for doing this um thank you for explaining what the the hell headless is. <laughs> thank you for breaking down the difference between Shopify and Shopify plus. And, um, and obviously, um, for telling us that you do more than just make websites, you make great websites. Um.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It was a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, it, it was, yeah
1: honestly
0: uh, great to be involved so which yeah thanks it. for having us no worries no worries well um thanks guys and um, thanks for listening um stay tuned for for more from uh, naughty by nurture but until then i'll uh, i'll see you in the next episode cheers bye